Welcome to Traveling Down, Biblical Archaeology for the 21st Century. Hi, I'm Gary Byers. This is Dr. Steve Collins, my boss, and we call him the rock star for, for his archaeological work. It sounds like a geologist. Well, in the last episode, you were a pot star. Well, we, didn't, so we didn't explain that either. No, we, we really didn't explain Talking that. about vessels, ceramic vessels. And today you could be a... Although I did grow up in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> uh, but, but you didn't inhale. That's right. Uh, so we're going to talk today about uh, carbonized material. And have we got some interesting stuff to share with you. Now we are in the ARC. And what's that stand for? The Archaeological Research Center. And this is where the Talahamam Excavation Project uh, has all of its material that we bring back from our excavation. Now there's some things, some other, other sites in other countries here, it's a little bit, but most of this, all of this, is pottery from 15 years of excavating at Talahamam. These are our diagnostics. We love our diagnostics. And what's that mean? Uh, these are rims and handles and bases and painted body sherds that uh, from which we can identify the period uh, that that in which that vessel was made. And that's critical for archaeological work. That helps us determine our strata. Part pottery is so critical to determine what period, what strata, what level you're excavating. When it comes to dates, specific dates, we don't use the pottery to come up with specific dates. We have other techniques. The pottery tells us what archaeological period or subperiod we're in. But some of those periods are hundreds of years long. So are you at the beginning of the period? Are you at the end of the period? Where are you? So we have another method that we use for determining a finer, more fine-tuned specific kind of date. Uh, for example, the middle of a period, beginning of a period, or the end of a period. Uh, depending upon where it's found in association with architecture or floors mainly. And uh, uh, we call that radiocarbon dating. So we're using carbon-14 dating. And um, we need short life samples. Now you can use a piece of a, a wood beam. And we've had some really mm -hmm. large wood beams that we've discovered in our excavation. They're all black because they're turned into carbon because of the burning and smoldering that happens when cities are destroyed. But if you date that, that might be a piece of a hundred-year-old, it might be a hundred-year-old tree. Yeah. And so if you, you get a piece of the, uh, of the outside of it that's an older piece of wood, it's going to maybe throw your dating off for maybe 50 or 100 years. So what we want are short-life short samples. We call them short-life samples because they are samples that um, grow up in a single season like like grain mm -hmm. or maybe even twigs if you can find small twigs that are only growing up over a few years and so this gives us a short life sample and then we can be very event specific so if we find that in a destruction layer we can say this is the date of the destruction based on that short life sample the radiocarbon dating that comes from that now to be honest there is a plus minus uh, radius. Yeah, at about, at, at, for example, at our site, the destruction of Sodom, at about 1700 BC, 
uh, that would be about a plus minus 50 yeah. factor. Yeah. So you want to get as close as you can to this short life, and then you have a, this, this range mm -hmm. possibility. So I have here carbonized grain. I ate some. You did. You know, I could, you can't resist in some of our teeth. When you come across cereal grain, it's thousands of years old. And how can you, how can you resist taking just a piece of barley from 3,000 or 4,000 or 5,000 years ago and just sort of eating that? That sounds crazy. but It really does, doesn't it? It does. But it's like, I eat a 5,000-year-old meal. How cool. A piece of one. But anyway. And, and some of our people do it, too. And you didn't get sick. You didn't die. Nope. So uh, I, maybe it even made you healthier. I haven't made, I haven't made an episode of Monsters Inside Me or anything like that. <laughs> no, you haven't. Well, so this is, so you, you see the label. This is from UA. That's the upper city, the upper tall at Tal El Hammam. And uh, area A is where the, the palace is, the Acropolis uh, on the top. And uh, this is barley. Do we have any wheat? No. We've never found wheat all, from any period. All barley. And what's interesting, if you look at the texts from Mesopotamia, from most of the places we get texts, and they talk about their cereal crops, we almost never see wheat. Yeah. Interesting. Barley, barley was the heavyweight of the cereal crops during most of antiquity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's got a little... It's, a little friendlier to a lot more uh, soils and climates. And yeah, things. wheat is wheat is a little bit picky about the kind of soil that it will grow in. If there's any salinity in the soil uh, all, at all, uh, wheat doesn't like it. But barley is more tolerant to a range of, of soil conditions. Yeah. All right. So Steve, this says so. I, I showed you the label, UA seven HH locust sixty five. Now explain to us what that means. Um. Of course, uh, 7HH is the square. Our, our excavation is divided up into six by six meter squares. We have about 13,000 of those on our, on our site grid. <laughs> 13,000 squares. Yeah, we figure it'll take us about two and a half, three thousand years to excavate all of those. How many have we done now? How many excavated? In 15 years, we've done maybe between 100 and 120. <laughs> oh, it's uh, archaeology is a slow process. slow process. And you don't want to dig the hotel out no, anyway. You no. got to live it. Leave it for leave it for people in the future. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's with right. better techniques and better technologies. Yeah. And but anyway, uh, let's see what do we got here? Seven HH. That's our square. Yep. Locus sixty-five. Now that that's a high locus number. So if it's a high number, it means if it you're was, going deep. If it was locus one or two or three or five or ten, it would be fairly close to the surface. Locus sixty-five tells me this thing is deep, and it's probably in the Middle Bronze Age. So this is this is. Uh, Barley from the time of Abraham. And, and this was excavated in February On the 18th of February, 2019, so it's a real recent sample. And uh, 7HH is where I was excavating. This was actually yeah. my barley. And by the way, we did get this particular group of, uh, uh, of samples, radiocarbon dated. Yes. And the radiocarbon date came back around 1700 plus minus 50. And we have multiple, about 12 or 15 uh, dates now yeah. from different samples around the palace area, and that's the date of it. So, uh, 
this this hasn't been this has been put in this in this little bottle uh, just just over a year ago, almost two years now. Um, but this is it. This is carbonized barley from the palace in the Middle Bronze Age on the upper city of Tal Al Hammam. Now, some of this is really fragmented, and uh, Steve, now you're touching it. Uh, what if you touch it? What does that do? Nothing to to, um, to this. So there was a day when that was a big deal. That was a, that was a no no at one point in time, but um, the carbon goes through a, a washing process with heavy duty solvents and things like that to remove any extraneous material and get down to the carbon itself, and uh, it doesn't affect the, the dating. So I can remember picking this up and it, it couldn't get it. It was just little pieces, so I just took my gloves off and just picked it up, and we, we, it was fine because that would all be, be able to be yep. washed out. So how, how, many, how many of these barley kernels or grains, how many of them did you send off to get the analysis? Um, you know, uh, about maybe a fourth of a bottle. So just a few. Actually, they can get a good radiocarbon date off a single grain. So, so That's why when you're excavating... You'd be looking for even single grains of barley. We don't need a big pile of it to get a date. All we need is a single grain or a single piece of a twig, something like that. And so um, you remember inside the um, the child burial jar, the infant burial jar from the middle bronze from the middle age. bronze age. Inside that burial jar, with the, with the bones of the infant, was a little piriform juglet, a little piece of a taboon, a piece of an oven. A shell bead mm. and a an olive twig. That's interesting. Yeah. And uh, so we had that piece of olive twig radiocarbon dated, and of course it came out. I think that one came out a little higher, like seventeen thirty plus minus fifty. And 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 again, the jar itself told you it was the Middle Bronze Age. Right. But uh, this was able to give you a, a, a date range. Yep. So uh, so this is this is. Uh, carbonized barley grains from the uh, the city, the, the palace at Tel Al Hammam, and this is pretty pretty interesting stuff. And we've gotten quite a bit of it from a number of locations. Lots of it, and, uh, and in different periods. Yes, yes. We we have a, a lot of it from the Iron Age. I mean, we found two two completely full member store jars yeah. from the earliest Iron Age phase of the city. Um, around from around a thousand BC, and those jars were just full. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. just had a bushel of barley. A bushel of barley. Now, uh, when we're gonna when we're gonna get carbon or dating, bi- biblically an omer, I guess we'd say. we're given omer. So, when when we're gonna do this uh, carbon dating to to try to understand uh, the time period of the site, um, the actual the correct way to do this is actually to send some of your barley. To how many places? Well, I always say if you send it to one lab, it's a good guess. If you send it to two labs and you get the same date range, then it's a good probability. If you send it to three labs and all three labs independently of each other uh, come in with the same date range, then I think you're on the threshold of science. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Or you've crossed the threshold into into actual science. So. I mean, uh, the radiocarbon 
methodology is good enough now. Now it's gotten better over the decades. Right. It's getting better all the time. It's been tightly calibrated with things like tree ring dates uh, from across the Mediterranean mm -hmm. world. The tree ring dates can take us back a long, long ways, uh, many thousands of years. And you can coordinate the tree ring dates with that and of course ice cores and all of that stuff. Uh, coordinating it together. It's a pretty tight chronology and now most of the labs are telling us we can get you sub-century dates. In other words, less than a plus-minus 50 range. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's true, you know, it's great if they can do it, but I'll believe it when I see it. But I'm comfortable with a plus-minus 50. And, uh, but I think it's, it's a really good methodology now. It's getting better all the time. And we'll continue to use it. Now, it doesn't tell us anything we don't already know, basically. The pottery tells us what period we're in, whether we're in the Middle Bronze Age or the Late Bronze Age or the Iron Age. But this kind of material can give us an indicator as to when that particular stratum or phase of the Bronze Age or the Iron Age uh, happened, particularly the destruction that creates the, the carbon. So um, uh, we didn't get it tested to be barley. We just it was very obvious that yeah. that's what it Barley's is. Barley's really easy to spot. We didn't get that tested, but we, we did want to get the date, the radiometric dating. Um, so what does it cost to get this little guy tested? Uh, about 600 bucks a pop. So, so if it goes to one lab, 600 If it goes to two labs, 1200 If it goes to yeah. three labs, about $1,800 for a triple-tested sample. So we, um, we, we need to do all that, but we want to do it. Uh, it, it's, it's cost, we need to be cost effective. And so it is an expensive process, but it's part of the research yeah. that has to be and, done. And, it's, and we're very selective about it. We've, you know, we get lots and lots of carbon samples. We don't test every single carbon sample that comes our way. We look at the locus, we look at very specific things. Now this, uh, we'll close with this. This says 16 January 2007, field UC. So that would be the upper tall, farther down to the to the uh, west east, and it's square twenty eight J, locus thirteen, and um, uh, just as we close here, tell us about this. This this we, is very different than this. Let's not get this mixed with this. <laughs> let me see if I can just grab. These are very. I'm just. I'm not going to let it out too far. This is our stalks. Uh, I don't think they're leaves. They look more like stalks. They do. We don't know exactly what they are, but they were in a jar. This is Iron Age. They, it's, my gut is that it's flax. Flax fibers are used to make linen. And so I think this is flax. We haven't confirmed that yet, but um, eventually we get around to doing all of our samples. We've had this one for 13 years. <laughs> haven't done anything with it yet. Probably because it was from the Iron Age. And yeah. I don't, you know, everybody's always bugging me that I don't care about the Iron Age, but I do. You do. Um, but anyway, this flax is carbonized. You can see it's black, but you can see the fibers. And that um, is going to get us a good date because this is a single season crop. It's a short life sample. So that's another one that we'll, that we'll do. And, um, of course, you might remember from the Bible, uh, there was a lady in Jericho 
who was drying flax on the roof of her house, and she had a couple visitors, and it got a little, little difficult there, and she hid them under the flax, and then sent them out the window, and they were two of Joshua's spies, and of course that was the time where Joshua attacked the city of Jericho. Flax. There it is. This is this is the stuff. And by the way, this is flax from the same valley where that happened. Yeah, just the other side of the river. Well, troweling down for the 21st century. That's what we're doing. And I hope you're enjoying it. We love digging it. We love researching it. We love talking about it. That we do. Thanks for joining us. Follow us again. Join us next month. Next time.